good to be here in the house of the Lord, even though the benches are a little empty this morning, we can be encouraged that where two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, God is here. Hallelujah. What was that song that we sang, Emmanuel, God with us, God is here. Welcome visitors, good to see you here, Michael and Brianna, uh, deans, yes, good to have you here, and the local church family here too. Uh, the reason it's a little more sparse here this morning is uh, our youth went out west to Glory Christian Fellowship, and uh, so it kind of, uh, we kind of feel it this morning. And some other families, too. But I have to say I've been blessed to be here this morning. We could go home with what we heard and uh, just meditate on what we heard. And and, uh, and how should I say? We have received a lot already this morning. But I'm thankful the way the Lord leads. He is He is good. Uh, maybe I'll just kind of, well, how should I say, <clears throat> the opening and the children's lesson, just kind of use that in light of the main message here too. So thank you, brothers, for sharing this morning. <clears throat> that yo-yo thing, quite the lesson. <laughs> I asked Vernon, where do, you, where do you get that from? <laughs> and he said, I think he said from the Lord, and I said, "Well, I just wanted to make sure you didn't get it get it from Google." And then he went on to explain that no, he didn't get it from Google. One morning he couldn't sleep, three o'clock in the morning, and this message came to him. So I said, "It was of the Lord, a message from the Lord." Praise God. <sighs> yeah, well, my heart is full. I uh, do have something on my heart here this morning to share with us, and uh, but I think before we do that, we'll just pause for a word of prayer if we can do that. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, God, we come to you in Jesus' precious name. Lord, we worship you, we praise you. Thank you for being here this morning, God. You are here, Lord. Father, thank you for speaking to us, God. Thank you, Father, for being a God who cares, Lord. We heard about Jesus this morning, how he came as a little baby. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Lord, we thank you for your love for each one of us, God. And Lord, I just pray, Father, just have your way here this morning, Lord, as we look again into your word, God, I pray that you would Speak, Lord, and just help us, O God, O Father, to be more like Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would not just hear these things and they would just go over our, uh, how should I say, that we don't receive anything from it, God, that it won't profit us anything this week or the weeks to come. But Lord, I pray even as we heard this morning that we would receive of you, dear God. O Lord, I pray. Have your way in each one of our hearts and each one of our lives. And I pray, God, for your peace 
the peace of God which passes all understanding, Lord, that our hearts would be at peace with you, with each other, God. And, and Lord, where there, wherever there is peace lacking, God, I pray that, that we would receive that to our hearts here this morning, Lord. The peace of God which passes all understanding, Lord. We thank you for your peace this morning, God. The Prince of Peace, hallelujah, Lord. We worship and we praise you. Father, and I look to you now, God, for strength and grace and wisdom, the clarity of thought and mind, God, as I share what you have laid on my heart here this morning to share with your people. And Lord, it's not just for others, it's for me. We're here together, God, waiting upon you, waiting upon the Lord to receive of you, God. Oh, Lord, I pray, may our hearts be wide open. And, may, and when that when we sense that tug, God, that we will respond to it, Lord. Oh, Father, not, and not just flop around in the ground, but, oh, God, that we will respond to your tug, Lord, this morning, Father. We thank you and we praise you. We pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, I think to start off with first, I'm going to, uh, in light of the opening, I'm going to just read a little bit out of John here. The book of John, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And light shine in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name, which were born not of the blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the world was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It is interesting this morning that we have Matthew and Luke and John here, he doesn't have anything about the birth of Christ other than what we have here. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is still calling and saying, come unto me. And Even of those of us who have been born again by the Spirit of God, he still wants us to... As He draws us, He wants us to, to come to Him. Because there's, there's, we live in this fallen world and, and we tend to stray. Not, I'm not quite sure. I'm not an expert on... Uh, uh, maybe we can Google this, Vernon. I'm not an expert on uh, how you keep that thing going very nice and smoothly. But I think one of it is, I think that I have learned that if you tug too hard, it just kind of... So God gently tugs and we come right up. <clears throat> May we allow Him to, to tug. May we allow Him to draw ourselves to Him this morning. And I trust that He has and He is and He will continue. <clears throat> so let's now go to Galatians chapter 5 this morning. The chapter, or the, the, the title of the message is uh, 
uh, faith which worketh by love. I was thinking of reading this whole chapter, Galatians chapter 5, but I think I'm just going to break in here. It says here, maybe I'll read a couple verses around it, Um, Galatians 5 or 6. Maybe I'll read in the beginning here. I won't have to read the whole thing. We'll start at verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not, a, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you, Whosoever you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And that's our title this morning. But faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. It's not that tug from God. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Faith which worketh by love. Well, I shared some of this the last time I uh, shared or preached. It was out in Ohio, which I had faith, love, and brotherhood. And I was, I was wanting, or I was looking at going a different direction here this morning. But the Lord just kind of brought me back to this, this, this thing of faith. So I'd like to look at it again. And Daryl and uh, some of you that have, were at uh, faith, you heard some of this. But I trust it can still be a blessing to you. <clears throat> the latter part of the message will be new and fresh. So... <laughs> Just hang on. (laughs) But I trust even the beginning here on faith will be fresh. It's the word of God. It says in Hebrews 11.1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We live in a real world, and we have eyes and we can see, we see things. And I believe it hinders us from having uh, faith in God because we cannot see God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Then verse 2, it says, For by it the elders obtain a good report. The elders obtained a good report. <clears throat> I remember years ago we were down in Haiti and I, I was sharing. I th- it might have been on faith too, I forget. I think it was. And while I was sitting on the bench, um, they had a, a, a report card laying there. It was where they had church. They also had school. Uh, and I, where I went to school, where we had a, a report card. We got it, I think, maybe quarterly or so. And uh, 
I had some A's, but I know I had some C's and maybe some D's and maybe some, I'm not sure if I had F's or not, but uh, in some of my uh, arithmetic, I think, was pretty much A-A-A down through. But English was probably more on the latter part. <clears throat> but anyways, <clears throat> the elders obtained a good report. Why? Because of faith, faith in a living God. <clears throat> it says in verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Who is him talking about? It's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. God is here, now. Right here, this morning, in your situation, in your problem, God is here. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. Well, that's pretty elementary. It is, but, does it? Let us allow it to touch our hearts this morning where it makes that connection, fresh connection, if you will, with our God. He is here. We can't see Him. We can't touch Him. But God is here. You find yourself in a hard situation. God knows all about that. God knows all about that. He is there waiting for you, for me. What should I all say on this point? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come unto me, Jesus says. I will give you rest. Without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He is a rewarder. He not only is, but He also is a rewarder. Not to those who are sitting there and somehow wanting somebody or some or God to do something, in a sense, yes. But for those who are believing that God is a rewarder, God is a rewarder. He rewards what? Our faith in Him. We believe that He is. That He is here in this situation, in this problem, in this struggle. God is here. My, my son, my daughter, my child, my brother, my sister, reach out to God who is here. And when we do that, there is a reward. There is a reward. 
He says, He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Lord, I choose to trust You. Lord, my faith is in You. You can do the impossible. Do we believe that this morning? Amen. Let's believe God. Let's believe God. My God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that which we're able to think or ask. That's our God this morning. He needs us to respond to that tug by faith. Lord, I look away from myself. I look away from all my failures. I look to You, Lord, who is perfect, who can part the Red Sea, who can turn the water into wine. I'm looking to You, Lord. You know my situation. You know my problem. I'm looking to You, Lord. He is a rewarder of those who look to Him. Praise God. Praise God. That's in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Now when I look at Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, this is Paul writing to the Romans. He says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to every one that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Are there any Greeks here this morning? Are there any Jews here this morning? <clears throat> for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17, For therein, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. How is it revealed? When we put our faith in the One who is. When we put our faith in the One who is. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. How is God's righteousness revealed this morning? By us doing a bunch of, or how should I say that this morning? By us going to church or doing a lot of things, good things. God's righteousness is revealed by faith. From faith to faith, as written, the just shall live by faith. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. It is made known. I looked up that word revealed, and it, it says the cover is taken off. I was thinking I should bring something up here this morning and, and have it covered and take the cover off, and then you could see it. God's righteousness is revealed, it's made known. How is it made known when you and I believe God? His righteousness is revealed 
in and through our lives. I don't know how you look at this this morning, but I wonder sometimes, and I'm not necessarily uh, challenging anyone here this morning, but I... Maybe I ask the question myself. How do we look at the Christian life? We enter into the kingdom. We hear the call of God. And we enter in. And now all of a sudden, we do a lot of things. And what can happen is, is we can do it. But faith can be lacking. So the question this morning is, is is my faith alive? Is my faith active? You want active righteousness? God's righteousness? We know that man's righteousness will not do. But God's righteousness is what we need, is what the world needs to see coming out of the, the church of Zion Christian Fellowship, if you will, the church of Jesus Christ. God. Once to take the cover off his righteousness. He wants the world to see his righteousness. And how will he do it? But by you and me this morning, believing in this God that is on the throne. And yes, he's here, right here. We are the temple of a holy God. God is not only here, but he's, 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 Living inside of me. He's living inside of you this morning. If you're a child of God, God is living inside of you. Somebody sent something around about a big, strong John Deere tractor. And he said something about, I want to grow up and be like this big, strong John Deere tractor. And I'm thinking, we have the biggest John Deere tractor that the world ever has seen. And it's God. You need power. You need power in your life. It's not the John Deere tractor, but it's the power of God. Hallelujah. It's the power of God. God wants to make known. God wants to take the cover off of His righteousness. He is up in heaven. But he's looking down and on us here this morning. We're not going to go out there. It's us. We're here this morning. Here we are. God wants to uncover. God wants to want his righteousness to be somehow the roof comes off. The the roof comes off the the building here and, and people are able to look in and see God's righteousness. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. That takes an active faith. That takes an active faith. So if we're, if we're just kind of humdrum going along and maybe a little bit like that yo-yo, we just, we just kind of stay down there. Faith is active. There's something. There's a connection with a holy God. <clears throat> faith is what connects us with God. Faith Makes that connection. Faith makes that connection. 
You can have faith without love, but you cannot have love without faith. Should I say that again? I'm kind of I'm kind of jumping maybe a little bit fast here. <clears throat> faith is what connects us with God. And when we connect with God, we also connect with something else. What is it this morning? The title is uh, Faith Which Worketh by Love. It also connects us with a loving God. Do you need more of the love of God? Do I need more of the love of God? I think if we're honest with ourselves, we will all say yes. You can have faith. And we could go to Corinthians 13. We know that chapter probably all, most of us in this room by heart. You can have faith without love. But can you have love, the true, agape, God-like, Calvary love, without faith? No, the answer is no. You cannot have true love, the love of God, without faith. Because we don't have it in ourselves. We don't have it in ourselves. Because of faith, the elders obtained a good report. Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. Because of faith, Enoch was translated. Because of faith, Noah moved with fear and built an ark. Because of faith, Abraham obeyed and went out. Because of faith, Sarah received strength to conceive a child in her old age. Because of faith, Moses saw him who is invisible. Moses saw him who is invisible. Without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is. Moses saw God by faith. We need to see God. We need to see Him by faith. Moses saw Him who is invisible. May we see our God this morning. That might seem very elementary. But the fact of the matter is, is that we need, we need to reckon with that every day. Am I going to believe God? Or am I going to do it my way? And I was thinking, uh, <clears throat> I had many, we went, I was going to say this earlier, but my wife and I came home, uh, when was it Tuesday evening? We were down in Costa Rica. I got my, I got Three, I got crowned with three crowns. I got three teeth. And uh, but anyways, I went down, or my wife and I went down there. We had a nice time down there. Uh, yeah, just spent time together there. <clears throat> but uh, my wife had to remind me again and again, and pull me out of the heavenlies, if you will, or pull me out of my my meditations, and remind me that you know it's you and me. We're together here. <laughs> And Daryl, you had an opening on, uh, uh, that we listened to, too, on uh, as far as husband-wife relationship. So thank you for sharing that. <clears throat> and Elvin, you had the, the main message there, too. We, we were able, actually, to listen to both of them. <clears throat> but 
But I had, yeah, there was a lot of thoughts that were going through my mind. And I was meditating. Actually, this was before, while we were flying down, I was talking to a man on the plane. And uh, he did not believe God. So somehow I ended up going back to Cain and Abel and talked about that account of, uh, of, of Cain and Abel and how Cain, the way, uh, is it Jude that says the way of Cain? And, and, and what is it about Cain? Cain wanted to serve God his way. Cain wanted to do, uh, do it his way. But we read in math, or we read in Hebrews, and I, I quoted, uh, Abel here, uh, offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than his brother. And he did it by faith. He did it by faith. So could, would it be fair to say that, uh, uh, Abel or Cain, he wanted to do away with faith. <clears throat> he wanted to do it his way. He didn't want to do it God's way. <clears throat> he wanted to do it his way. And I, I'm afraid that we, uh, <clears throat> we can uh, entertain those thoughts too. Is there not an easier way? The Bible says, straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to life and few there be that find it. It's not an easy road. It's not an easy way. But it's the right way. It's the right way. And it will get us to where we want to go. Faith. May we believe God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good report. Now I like to uh, look at the other aspect here on uh, faith which worketh by love. If we want, if we want true faith, if we want true love, we need both of these. Faith which worketh by love. Our love runs out or fails. We need faith which worketh by love. Charity never fails. It never runs out. The widow. We know that widow in the Old Testament, Elijah, was it Elijah? She had, she had vessels of oil that never ran out. It didn't fail. And, and you, can never, you can never exhaust it. You can never exhaust God's love. There is a vast supply. Our, our love, our Love runs out. It does. It has a limit. We only go that far. We can only go that far. And that's where I think this is probably the, 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 uh, the uh, pivotal point, if you will, of the, of the message here this morning. Faith which worketh by love. When we come to the end of our resources, and we do and we will, where do we go? Where do we go? <clears throat> and I should maybe mention here, we're in Galatians. They were going back to the ceremonial law. And Paul had to help them, straighten, if you will, straighten, their, uh, straighten them out, if you will. <clears throat> but we can go to different things. But there's only one one 
that we can go to that this thing's going to come out right. It's the one who is. It's the one who is. Our resources. We don't have the resources that we need. And you know, it's actually good for us to come to that place to where we realize that we don't have what we need. Wherever we find ourselves this morning, brothers and sisters, do you find yourself in a place where you don't know what to do? That's actually not bad. That's not a bad thing. If we can turn our eyes upon the One who can do all things. Tyler, I think you had it in your opening there about missing Jesus. Where we're too full of other things. And we live here in a land where there is plenty. And there's so much. We have so much. We have so much. But all the things that we have, can I say, avail? Zero. The things that are not of God. The things that maybe the world wants to offer us. Here, try this. Do this. Yes, we come to the to our at the end of ourselves. We come to the place where our love runs out. We have. We realize we don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. But God has an endless supply. God has an endless supply. Uh, uh, Corinthians there, 13 says, charity never fails. It never fails. It never runs out. There's a vast supply. There's a vast supply. So going on here, when I see a need, what is my response? Again, remember, we're on faith which worketh by love. When I see a need, what is my response? I don't have. I don't have enough. I don't have what it takes. Is my response like the man that James talks about in James? And let's turn to that. James chapter 2. James chapter 2, starting at verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto him, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, 
Notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Faith which worketh by love. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead, being alone. Faith without works is dead, being alone. And Galatians, it says there, and I wanted to read this in the beginning there, kind of when we were just going into that. Um, Faith which worketh by love. Here we have a situation. It's talking about a man who sees a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food. And the response is, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? What kind of faith is that? What kind of faith is that? Here is a need. Here is somebody who is in need. And the response is, Depart in peace. Be ye warmed and filled. I trust you'll somehow, somebody will help you. What type of faith is this? Faith without works is dead, James says. And some have had a real struggle. Was it, uh, what's his name? He felt like James was way off the wall because he felt like he was lifting up works that somehow we need, we're justified by works. But if our faith produces no works, what type of faith do we have? It's an empty, it's dead. It's, there's no, it's, no, it's not faith. <clears throat> and this is, I, <clears throat> I was thinking, you know, there's only maybe not very many of us here this morning, so I was... You know, you kind of think, well, what should I preach today? There probably won't be a lot of people here. But you know, this message, I spent all day yesterday just preparing this message. This message is for me. This message is for us. This message is for each and every one of us. What is my response to this man who is in need? Maybe a brother shares a need with me. What is my response? Maybe a brother or a sister shares a need with me. What is my response? Be ye warmed and filled. I hope you find an answer for your problem. 
What is my response? And I was meditating, I had been meditating on Corinthians 13. And it says there, Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fails. Somehow, love or charity makes a way. And I had to think of Jesus when he was out there and there was a multitude of people. I forget exactly, I didn't look it up uh, or read it afresh here, but uh, there was a multitude of people. He was preaching and teaching them. And it was time for them to go home. And was it one of them said that they're going to faint along the way? <clears throat> and what did Jesus do? Well, there was a little boy who had a couple loaves and a couple fishes, and he gave what he had to Jesus. And Jesus blessed those couple loaves and couple fishes. And what happened? He fed the multitude. You know, sometimes we don't have, we think we don't have very much, and, and I feel like I don't have very much. But you know, God isn't necessarily looking to see how much, if you will, how big of a bank account we have, or how, how many gifts we have. He's looking for a vessel, He's looking for a channel who will believe Him. Lord, I don't have very much, but here I have I, I have these couple loaves and couple fishes. I, I, I can give them to you and, 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 and yeah, you use them. <clears throat> it's not very much. What did God do with those couple loaves and couple fishes? We know what He did. <clears throat> he fed the multitude. Maybe a brother or sister shares a need with us. What is my response? In Galatians 6, we read in Galatians 5, in Galatians 6, 2, it says, Bearing ye one another's burdens, in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. It says there in, uh, in, uh, in Galatians chapter 5, it says that love is the fulfilling of the law. Did I say that right? <clears throat> For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The law is fulfilled in one little word. It's love. And I will inject right here that I thought maybe we'd hear, Tyler, when you were talking about Christmas. I was thinking of using this illustration. I think I will use it. But there is a lot of confusion out there on what Christmas is all about. And there's a lot of confusion out there what the love of God is. And I had shared this in, in the message that I preached about what the love of God is and what the love of the world is. The love of the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. It's more, it's selfish. It's what can I get? The love of God is what? For God so loved the world that He gave. Uh. 
Bearing one another's burdens, in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Let's also look at uh, 1 John now. There's another one in there as far as a need. Somebody in need. 1 John 3, 14 to 18 it says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. And this is talking about Cain who was of the wicked one and slew his brother. And then it says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because, why? Because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought lay down our lives for the brethren. Whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. There is substance. It's more than just coming together at church on Sunday and saying, I love you, or I appreciate you, brother, I appreciate you, sister. And, and, and I think we need to do more of that. I think we probably should do more of that. But it's more than just that. It's more than just that. There is, there is, there is substance to this thing. It's not just a fluffy love up there somewhere. A teddy bear love or whatever love you want to call it that the world... Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but it, this love has substance. <clears throat> it cares about the brother, the sister. It cares. And it doesn't just say like we read in in James there, where you see the need and and you could think of the, the, uh, what is it? Um, The man that was in the ditch. The Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan. You know, there was two men that went past. They saw him in there. And I don't know what they were thinking. There he is. And they just went past. We're, I'm going to church. I'm going to go do some holy things here. But here there was a need and he just went past. Bearing one another's burdens, in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. My burden here this morning is, I believe it's God's burden, that we have a love and a care for each other, that we have that, (laughs) how should I say? We live in a fallen world, and like I was, I should maybe uh, go back to what I was saying there about, uh, as far as the whole thing with Christmas, it's such a mixture, it's such a, confusion, you know, Santa Claus and Santa Claus and, and, uh, and reindeers and what does that have to do with Christmas? What does that have to do with the one who came, who, who came and was born as a little baby in a manger and who, who gave his very life, who died? A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you. And here comes Santa Claus. And here comes the reindeers down the, down the chimney to fill up the socks. 
And I say, away, away with it. That is not my God. That is not my Christ who came and gave his life. Who cares for a lost and dying world? Who cares for you and me? Who cares for brothers and sisters who love each other and care about each other more than just a fluff thing where we say hi and goodbye and greet each other and, and actually the greeting of it at the kiss of charity is a kiss of charity. Right? It's a kiss of charity. <laughs> Bearing one another's burdens. In this way you will feel the law of Christ. <sighs> There's a lot in our John. There's a lot in First John. Sorry, Daryl, you are getting some more than what I was thinking of sharing, what I had shared out there. But it is said. That Apostle John, he was old and could barely walk. And the church would get him up front on the pulpit. And, he, and, and all that he could say was, love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. And I don't know if that was true or not, but I read in First John Chapter, is it three and four? Where that phrase, I think, is used five times. Love one another. Love one another. But there's a lot of confusion. Like I said, there's a lot of confusion out there. And uh, I have been affected by it. And I think we all have been affected by it. Bearing one another's burdens that ye may fulfill the law of Christ. Well, may we be encouraged to do that this morning, in the days to come, even in a more real, practical way, if you will. I thank God for what we do have here, but I, I, I sense my lack. I do. I do. And I don't know how much closer home I can bring it, uh, whether I want to go bring, even try to bring it closer home or not. Maybe I'll just read this, what I wrote out when I was down in Costa Rica, <laughs> if you allow me to. This thing about a wrong concept. We are afraid our brother is going to ask us to do something that is only his personal preference. Therefore, we make sure we keep a certain distance between us that he doesn't get too close to, to us or to me. I'm afraid, of the, I'm afraid that the lowest denominator is going to run the church so we keep our distance in a way that is undercover. Is this brotherly love? I say no. I say no. 
Perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love. Perfect, John says, perfect love casts out all fear. And where there is fear, what does it say? Perfect love casts out all fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Perfect love casts out all fear. When we have brotherly love, when we have faith which worketh by love, what happens? It casts out fear. It casts out fear. And when you have two brothers or two sisters who are talking to each other and there is fear there, guess what happens? What happens? Well, there's many things that happen. I would suggest, yeah, there's many things, and I, I'm not going to go into it because I didn't, uh, I didn't ponder all that, what all happens. But just think with me. Perfect love casts out all fear. So, in light of just what I read, what would brotherly love do? It does not fear. It believes the best of my brother or my sister. He wants to hear the heart of my brother. Understand why he feels the way he does. The heart is open. My brother loves me. Even if it might not feel that way, we are brothers. Our Father is God. God is love. We love each other. Is God our Father? I trust He is. We love each other. God is our Father. Perfect love casts out all fear. Fear has torment. Fear hath torment. My, does that hit us? Where that word torment is used? Fear hath torment. Perfect love casts out all fear. There are strongholds in the way we think. We're not thinking biblically. Somewhere we brought in the thinking of the world. There is so much confusion out there. The church, the so-called church of Jesus Christ, there is confusion. Much confusion. And sadly to say, it's not the love, the brotherly love that we read about in this book. And I, for myself, the last, I don't know, while I've been just digging in this word, how does the love of God look? How does the love of God play out? 
How does the love of God play out in relationships? How does the love of God play out in the church? How does the love of God work in this fallen world that we live in? Remember, God wants to show forth his love. He wants to take the cover off. Let us be encouraged this morning. It's possible. It's possible to show forth more of his love to a lost and dying world. Did I read that? There are strongholds in the way we think. We are not thinking biblically. Somewhere we fall in the thinking of the world. And it hinders brotherly love to flow. It hinders love to flow. The love of God I'm talking about. Well, how do I close here this uh, this morning? Love. Faith which worketh by love. I don't want this message to be a heavy message. I want this message to encourage us, to help us to dig in with all that we have. That we can display the love of God to a lost and dying world. And that we know what it says in John. Or is it in Matthew? My mind's a little scattered here this morning. By this shall men know, that's in John, that you are my disciples by the love that you have one for another. That's where I'm at, brothers and sisters, this morning. I'm jealous for God's holy name. I'm jealous. Jesus did not only die for the lost sinner out on the street. He did die for that sinner. He died for all of us. But He did not die for the church. He did not give his life for the church. May we be encouraged to have faith which worketh by love. And again, I will inject this thing. This does not, it's not a natural. Some of us maybe are more loving than others, if you will. And, you know, we all have different gifts and so forth. But, oh, to have that connection with God when there is a need or when there is a situation that love flows through. And, and, and what I have been also encouraged with is where it says charity never fails. If I, if I am helping out a situation and I get my heart and the posture of my heart under the grace and the love of God, under charity, that, 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 that work that I'm doing is not going to fail. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's very encouraging for me this morning. Okay, well, I need to close, but I have one more thing I wanted to read if I can find it in my, in my, uh, maybe I miss bringing it along. I'll try to read this not too fast so you can connect. The ground of a thousand mistakes is not considering deeply that love is the highest gift of God. Humble, gentle, patient love that all visions, 
revelations, manifestations, whatever little things compare to love, it were well we should be thoroughly sensible of this. The heaven of heaven is love. There's nothing higher in religion. There is nothing higher in religion. There is, in effect, nothing else. If you look for anything more, if you look for anything more, if you look for anything but more love, you're looking wide off the mark. You're getting out of the royal way. When you're asking others, have you received this or that blessing? If you need anything but more love, you mean wrong. You're leading them out of the way and putting them upon a false scent. Settle it then in your heart that from the moment God has saved you from all sin, you're to aim at nothing but more of that love described in 13th chapter of Corinthians. You can go no higher than this till you're carried into Abraham's bosom. And that's a quote from John Wesley. <clears throat> he, uh, we have songs in our songbook that he wrote, and I do appreciate some of those songs that we have that he wrote. <clears throat> May God bless each and every one. I trust we're encouraged that we're inspired to go as high as we can for God. May God bless you. <clears throat>